two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast, and I am one of the Village Idiots, Daryl. I'm here with my brother, Jared, otherwise known as Jay Rodicus. Um, So that is who we are. By the way, when we say Just Okay Sports, that's because it is just an okay podcast, and we talk Oklahoma sports, mainly Sooners football, and a lot of Thunder basketball, and then we weave in some other things as well. So that's who we are. It's what we're about. So we hope you enjoy the ride with us. Speaking of that, Jared, how has the Christmas ride been for your first Christmas in Florida? Uh, it was pretty chill, honestly. Uh, it was, uh, I didn't, I mean, I woke up, I didn't, you know, obviously didn't have like gifts under the tree and like, I'm going to do that for myself. I got the dogs, the dogs both got their, they got giant bones to chew on, uh, for Christmas and stuff like that. But, um, I actually, I went over to a friend's house. They had a Christmas party because all their family, they did all their family stuff. Like, uh, I think Friday and Saturday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, whatever day it is, uh, Christmas Day, they had a Christmas party where it was just like everybody can't come over, finger foods. We played a little bit of poker, that sort of stuff. Nice. Uh, hung out for a little bit. And I came home and I made a steak, mashed potatoes and gravy, uh, corn on the cob, and green beans, like just for myself. And like, <laughs> it was just delicious. Heck yeah. Um, so it wasn't too bad. It was pretty chill. You know, it was like, it was a relaxing day. I got to just kind of uh, veg out and, you know, watch some TV and, get caught up on side. This is what's crazy is like right now there's a bunch of shows that have come out like all at the same time. So I feel like I just spent most of the day on the, on the couch watching or most of the evening, I guess, watching TV. So nice. what about you? How was the, how was the Christmas with the fan? It was good. Uh, we got up, opened all the stuff. This was kind of the first year really where Gibson, um, our youngest son kind of like got it, you know? So he was all right. fired up about Santa and stuff and got to assemble everything. And then we went and uh, spent the rest of the day with my wife's family and, open gifts and everything up there. Uh, got home last night. Then today, uh, my wife already has almost all of our Christmas stuff down. And, uh, as well as, um, we just moved Gibson into big boy bed. So, Oh, uh, just took the crib all apart and threw him into his twin size bed. Uh, that was part of his Christmas, uh, from the family. So got that all done. And Ev or Evan Logan is, uh, our daughter is upgrading to a full size, so she's repainted her entire room over of the course. break and uh, has a new bed on the way that just got delayed a full week uh, for delivery, uh, of course. So um, doing all that. So, yeah, been good, been been busy, but chill, right? Like not don't have to go in the office at all this week, got the whole week off. And so just doing what we have to do. Didn't get anything for myself or my wife this year. We uh, We fixed her car. That was our uh, oh, our gift yeah. to ourselves this year. So, um, though we are going to sneak away for a date night tomorrow night. So, uh, oh, hey, okay. there you go, there you go, there you go. Yeah, 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 not bad, not bad. Yeah, since yeah, so she already took all the Christmas, so, like that's an accomplishment. Like, I do you know how many people I know just leave their stuff up till July. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. So, but yeah. It, but but knowing but knowing you know knowing my sister in law, that makes perfect sense too. She's very on top of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she she's ready for the next one and moving on to it all. So 
that's that, my man. So let's do this thing, shall we? You are in charge today, man, because yeah, I have I'm... been AWOL. So yeah, you're um... off all week. I had to work today, but you know, it's cool. I do I'll do all the work. It's it's fine. Um I'm not gonna bring it up. <laughs> um, but you know, have you we've we've already got plenty of bowls. We're yeah. like halfway through bowl season, over halfway through bowl season. Which is crazy, yeah. Um, we're almost to the end of college football, which is sad. Yeah. Uh it, it's funny. I did see the other day I got like a, a trick video where somebody like made a trailer for the new NCAA football game. It wasn't uh, real, obviously, but I just saw it and I was like, I, I just want that here. Like I'm finally gonna I have know. that stop gap of like a couple of months before football <laughs> season. So, but have you got to watch any bowl games yet? I really haven't, man. We have been because even like Sunday, you know, was Christmassy, which was mostly NFL games. I don't think there was any actually that day, but church and everything. Christmas Day itself, like I said, family stuff all day. We didn't really watch. Um, I say that we did watch the Raiders Kansas City game uh, is what we watched that day. And then today, I bet, I bet Tal was happy about that. Oh, dude, he was losing his mind. It was awesome. It was so awesome. And I bet our boy Nemo was as yeah. well. By the oh, way, oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, and then today I've been putting furniture and stuff together. All day. And again, kids are both, you know, all the kids are home. So it's kind of one of those things that even if I flip one on for like two plays, then, you know, Gibson starts losing his mind and we need to put PJ mask on or, or whatever. So I really have not got to take in hardly anything. So, okay. Well, first of all, let's talk about a bowl game that just happened. Okay. Rice versus <laughs> Texas state, right? There was, I don't know how many turnovers it ended up being. Let me put it this way though. That game kicked off at four 30. My time, four thirty. My time. Okay, I, th- so I believe four thirty Eastern. Yep, yep, yep. It ended at nine thirty. Oh my god! Like it was the most. Like I, I don't know how to describe. It was the ugliest. I don't even wow. know. Like I honestly feel like they may have just. I, I don't. I didn't hear what conference the crew was from. The referees. <laughs> but bro, they may have picked them up at like a junior high game and been like, "Come on, we got, we got to have you." Um, just horrible but um no i've watched i've watched a few here and there like i usually I kind of had like had it up in the background here and there right um but yeah like the um I, I don't know it's been weird this year because like a lot of the teams like most of the teams that have won have not been favored to win right um and some of them have been pretty big dog there was like i think i don't know if the stat's still true but i know a couple of days ago somebody had said uh teams that were favored by more than double digits have lost every bowl game. I think that was up until like two days ago, maybe. Wow. Um, Hey, so yeah, it's just a weird bowl season. Um, but yeah, I mean, there actually has been some good, some good bowls. I actually think like, and you know, I've been surprised. There's been a lot of guys, uh, that have played in their bowl games, even if they're in the portal or, you know, uh, whatever, like that's actually been a little bit more common than I thought, than I remember at least in the past. So, um, I do think maybe well, I think a lot of us, especially old uh older college football fans, don't like the portal as much. Right. Um, I think maybe that's one benefit is it does seem like like these bowls games mean a little bit more in the sense of both mean more and less, right? Like you have all the guys opting out of the playoff mm-hmm. and all that. But then you have some of these guys that are trying to show out so they can maybe move to a bigger school or right. whatever. And there's just more parity between these schools, you know. I mean uh, it's not like you're watching, you know, uh, Alabama beat up on a nobody or, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have some big school beating up on nobody. Um, it, it's just really fun to watch. So, 
Uh, lots of good storylines, but like I said, right now I've got Kansas UNLV up. They're tied up, so um, yeah, just been. I feel like it's actually been a good bowl season. So yeah, but absolutely. the Sooners got a bowl game that's yes, going to be coming do. up in a couple of days. Uh, down in San Antonio, it's going to be, yep. uh, I believe, eight thirty Central, nine thirty Eastern. Uh, I believe is a kickoff. It's a very it's. late game, so I'm going to be up till midnight <laughs> watching. Uh, maybe yep. up till midnight, uh, watching OU play. Uh, Arizona is currently favored by three. Um, the over under though is 60 and a half points. So, uh, they're expecting some points to get scored. Um, now I, I, you know, obviously I've watched Arizona a little bit here and there. Like I watched their USC game. They ended up losing that game, but it was Mm -hmm. a dog fight till the very end. Yes, it was. Um, now Arizona, when you look at their stats, kind of impressive, really. They, they, I mean, they're obviously nine and three, right? But, 305 passing yards per game. That makes them 12th in the nation. Uh, rushing yards per game, they're, they're 149. Uh, but they're set, that makes them 79th. So, eh. But uh, 34 points per game scored. That puts them 25th. And points per game allowed, they're 28th. So it's like they're kind of a pretty balanced team. Uh, and if you yes. look at the rushing, even the rushing attack, it's actually gotten better, a little bit better as the season's gone on. Yep. Um, so... Uh, and they've got some players. So um, just to name a few, Noah Fafita, I believe is how you say it. I, Sorry for butchering that. The QB really takes care of the ball. He only has five interceptions. Right. Um, right. So he's not really, I, he's not much of a mobile guy, um, you know, statistically speaking. But he, he, the guy can move the ball through the air. And he's got some playmakers. He's got, uh, I, I'm going to not even try to pronounce the first name, but McMillan, his receiver has 80 receptions for 1,242 yards on the year, 10 touchdowns. Yep. Uh, And he's been getting hot. Like he's the last three games. uh, He's been over a hundred, well over a hundred yards each of his last three games. So kind of getting hotter as the year goes on. And then uh, Jonah Coleman is their leading um, running back. Now I did see some people that were like, oh, well he, he got all of his yards in the Colorado game. Which, by the way, if you're wondering what he averaged in the Colorado game, 16.3 yards per carry in the Colorado game. Oh my god! Um, so his his year his on year average is 6.9. But even if you take that game out of the equation, he's still averaging a well over five or about five yards a carry. Um, he's got about uh, 800 900 yards on the year. So nice. Definitely a guy that you got to keep an eye on. You can't just yeah. you know let him. But offensively, like I guess you know. What, what do you think of Arizona? What have you seen? What do you know? Like, what's? Yeah, I mean, for me, I I watched uh, a good chunk of the Washington game, which was another game, right? Thirty-one twenty-four against a team that's right. in the playoff, right? So that that kind of tells you that you lose by two to USC when USC was still hot and everybody thought they were the thing and they hadn't imploded mentally and emotionally. They run within seven points of of Washington. They beat Utah. I mean, so this is a very good team. What really kind of shocked me watching tape, and again, maybe it was just a Washington game. I only got to watch one game. But what you said earlier was so true. Was uh, I don't remember how you said it, but on tape, like nobody really stands out. Mm-hmm. Like the more every play, I'm like, I don't really like. There's not just a guy flashing, but. Everybody does their job. Everybody does their job. And, you know, and is there to to kind of clean up when a one-on-one doesn't go well or what, right? Like, so like an example, like everything's fine. Corner covers fairly well. They throw a pass out. Well, you know, 
gets his hands on him and then slips off for a tackle, you know, and you think, oh, big gain. And so it does turn into a bigger gain and a problem, but here comes the safety across the way, takes a great angle, all the different things to save a touchdown and at least push him farther in. And so it was just kind of like that um, all day. Offensively, their quarterback stands out. And it's probably just because he touches the ball the most. Um, I would say watching him, I don't know if it's a mechanics issue. I don't know if it was a weather issue or what, but in that particular game, he had a good chunk of throws where it was like, okay, this guy can play. And then he had a, a decent amount of throws that looked like um, the ball was slipping out of his hand. I mean, just ducks and like almost not getting to the receiver because it's ducking, you know, and just wobbling so bad through the air. So, um, Physically on defense, they have a, a safety slash nickel corner kind of guy. Uh, number two, I didn't get his name because uh, I was watching it today as I was um, trying to put my son's bed together. But he looks the part physically um, for them and is a guy that I think you'll enjoy watching, um, you know, as you watch them on the defensive side. So, again, it's really there's not there's not guys that flash but everybody's where they're supposed to be and they are dialed into the details. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think McMillan is probably their best player on offense. Like I said, just look at the stats, right? Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's not, uh, this isn't, I, I think a lot of people have the misconception because I mean, really, even when you think about coming into the season, the expectations for Arizona were, were pretty low. Right. Um, right. And so I, you know, when you say when you say Arizona has a guy that has twelve hundred yards receiving at the beginning of the year, you're probably thinking, okay, you just double cover that guy and then you're done, right? And you really can't do that because, like you said, it's like you leave other guys open. They have enough guys that they can go make plays. They don't may not have a superstar, but uh, you can't. You have to respect everybody. And I agree, they've got some dudes. There's I, I you know, just okay sports podcast. I forgot the uh, they have a corner. Uh, I think maybe it was their corner. If I remember right, that has like 15 pass breakups or something and like three intercepts. I mean, like they've got some dudes on defense. Defensively, yeah. I think that they're a very tough team. I think they they play, um, especially considering coming from the Pac-12, I think they play a pretty physical uh, style of ball. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think they're really scared of anybody. Um, but they are, to me, the, the, the one thing with them is they are a little bit... Um, I feel like they play up and play down to their competition sometimes. Like when you look at the Colorado game, they played Colorado at a point in the season where Colorado had already kind of started to implode and most other teams had just figured out how to bully them in the trenches. Right. And Arizona ended up winning that by a touchdown, you know, which I mean, a, a win's a win, but still. Um, right. When you play to a team like Washington and even as much as we all hate USC, USC is a talented team. So when you, you know, compare that, then Colorado with that disparity. But again, uh, a, a really good all-around team. I think they're going to be a good challenge. So, yeah. Um, what? Let me ask you this: What scares you most about Arizona? Uh, that they want it. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before. I watched their their presser, you know, or their coordinator slash player availability stuff at the Alamo Bowl today. Mm -hmm. Um, one guy literally said that he was asked why so many of the seniors that could be going to the draft were choosing to play in the bowl game and not opt out. And he said, we haven't been to a bowl in so long. This is our championship game. This this is our game. And their coordinators acted, dude, that, their DC had a edge to him. I, I told you, I thought he was going to punch a reporter. I mean, just 
they want this game. Yeah. And uh, I also didn't realize at least the guys that they had on the podium, I haven't really looked at their roster to check, but several of the guy, one guy on the podium had 35 family members coming to this game. Uh, and because he's from Texas um, and several of those guys were that way. Another guy had 25 family members come into this game. So I, I think that that's what scares me the most. And then just listening to their DC as well. Uh, there are certain things he said that sound just like Brent Venables. Uh, like his thing was when you play free, you play fast. And the way that you play free is through your preparation. If you're prepared well, then you play free, right? And so they were talking about watching tape of Indiana when Seth Luttrell was the offensive coordinator at Indiana. I mean, like, you know, which again, those are the kinds of things you hear Brent Venables talk about, right? Is, oh yeah, they were the OC here 13 years ago and I've seen tape on them there. So that's that's really what scares me for them and for our guys is where's their mentality at? And we talk about this a lot in the bowl season, which you kind of alluded to. Everybody that's favored is losing because sometimes it's just about whether or not you really want to be there or if you're locked in or is it just a vacation, man? Like, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and we'll probably talk about this some later, but to add on to that, I'm very curious about how BV will approach this game. And there seems to be some indications that this is going to be a youth movement game. And if that is true, that could also play as a problem. Okay, well, let's... I mean, I don't disagree with you. I, I think the the thing that worries me most is it feels like a very veteran defense that's going to be going up against Jackson Arnold, who, yeah, as much as we all think his ceiling is incredibly high, as it, this is going to be his first real real game. Right. Um, so I, I think that's, that's probably my biggest concern. Um but yeah, but let's flip to the other side real quick before we get off Arizona. What is your, what's, where's your hope? Where's your, your glimmer of hope in all this? Well, I mean, obviously one of the things we've talked a lot about is you're missing some key pieces on the offensive line, right? And so that's been kind of the thing, like not only going into the SEC, this bowl game, who's going to block for Jackson Arnold? Well, watching them against Washington, Arizona, that is, their D-line reminded me a lot of our D-line. They're in their gaps. They make some plays, but they don't have an overwhelming pass rush. Um, nowhere in that game did they just swarm Penix and make him feel uncomfortable, right? And so that gives me hope in the sense that I don't think, unless they're going to try to bring a lot of heat um, from different places, I don't see them getting a ton of pressure on him at all. And kind of what I alluded to earlier, it gives me hope that we do go youth movement. I want yeah. to see PJ. I want to see Jackson Arnold. I want to see Petaway. I want to see uh, Peyton Bowen. I want to see Josiah Wagner. I want to see Kip and Kobe play a lot in this game, right? Like, I, that's the stuff I want to see. Like, that's the people I want to see in this game, getting the reps and getting the, the, the opportunity. And generally, guys that are young and trying to earn spots like that play hard. Right. And so that yeah. kind of makes up for that other end of it. So that's my hope part of it all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, kind of in that vein, I think OU is going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to play some young guys at some positions, right. Because of, uh, transfers or, you know, sure. opt outs or whatever. Um, I do, I, I guess my glimmer of hope is we've talked about, uh, ad nauseum at this point about, uh, the, the talent and the youth. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I really want to see some guys. I think when it comes to talent, I think OU has uh, more than Arizona. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. Um, and I want to see that show out. I want to see yeah. that the coaching staff um, can get those guys dialed in enough to to, to go dominate. Right. Yeah. I think that's something that we've talked about, you know, that you didn't see under Lincoln where you had all these guys that were just oozing talent and they just, some of those guys never felt dialed in. Um, yep. And that's something that we've been, we, I think we've all believed this staff is capable of doing and is doing, but yeah. it's again, you want to keep seeing it happen. So uh, I think that's my glimmer of hope. So any other thoughts on Arizona before we move on to the OU side of things? No, I mean, look, man, <sighs> As a fan, let me just say this. Regardless of any bowl game, don't don't lose your mind, win or lose, right? Like, you beat Alabama at a bowl game, it doesn't mean you're going to win the national championship the next year, right? Hello, Texas. Uh, so, you know, like, those kinds of things. If you lose, it doesn't mean the program's falling apart. These are weird games, long period of time off, all the activity, I mean, all the things. So, I mean, I think my final thought would just be, though, that this is a very good team we get to play. And so I more so would, like, this sounds terrible, but I'm really kind of approaching this game more from a spring game mentality, that we actually get to do a spring game with truly talented people on the other side as opposed to let's go first-team offense versus, like, second- or third-team defense, right? Like, no, you get to have a team that's very capable, that has shown it's capable to beat playoff teams on the other side and they want this game. And so that is kind of the thing. Like, let's go see what we got, man. Like, let's go, let's go figure it out. Let's go play hard and let's see if you guys are ready for big boy football. And this will be a great indicator of where, where this team's at in that regard. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree. I think this is going to be, um, I look, I, I'm still going to be honest. Cause I said this when we got the bowl selection, uh, I think this is a lose, lose for OU. We've kind of alluded yeah. to that. Um, but I think this is a, in a way, the perfect, um, all things considered as outside of being in a new year six bowl, uh, this is about as good as you're going to get for a test for you to go into the sec and next right. year. And like you said, to test some guys, right. Uh, whether young or not that haven't got a lot of runs. So right. now again, though, I am with you. It is a lose, lose. If, if Danny Stutzman plays 90% of the snaps, if Billy Bowman plays 90% of the snaps, right? That kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it, it's a lose-lose. If you actually play Peyton Bowen, if you play Josiah Wagner, if you play Kobe, if you play Kip, right? If you um trying to think of who else is it, put Caleb Hicks right in there and give him some run at running back. Put Petaway out there at receiver and let him have some run. If you do those things and you come out and you have a dominant win, now it's a win-win. But that's right. the only way you get the win-win is if and it won't be on Sports Center the next day. But when you do like those college football shows that actually watch college football that are going to go, "Okay, that right tackle they played in that game is a true sophomore who's only got like four starts and he dominated the right side of the line." Right? Like those kinds of things. If you do that, now Josh Bates gets to play some center. That's another one well, that we haven't talked much about. Things like that. Then all of a sudden, now we're now we're cooking with something. Uh, here's my uh, this is my uh, my nugget. I want to talk about this a little bit more as we get into the OU side of things. I guess we can sort of transition with this. 
my my big contention has been with BV and what he's trying to build and what it feels like he's trying to build is that culture of it doesn't matter who you line up across the year right. you're gonna go out and play hard and right. you're gonna do everything you can to win like you know what I mean you leave it all on the field we saw that with Stoops teams right yep. um and you know you started to lose that under under Lincoln a little bit um and you want to see that come back so like if you when you start to when I feel like when you start to really see that culture take over then you can start to say like we've kind of exercised maybe that bad culture and we're starting to actually build the the uh uh beyond the foundation of a good culture so right um but did you get to watch the OU press conference speaking of I did not I kept looking for it online I couldn't find it so I only got sound bites here and there um but I didn't get to watch the entire thing I don't know why I easily found Arizona's coordinators and players press conferencing there, but I could not find OU's. Well, I mean, look, I mean, there's a lot to go over. Um, Seth Luttrell, though, yeah, an OU guy. An OU guy through and through. I don't think anybody could question that, but his interview, I mean, he said in his interview, he said, you know, when I grew up, I wanted to be, I wanted to play at OU, yep. and I wanted to coach at OU. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't, I didn't want to go, I, he said, I didn't even want to go to the NFL, I wanted to coach at OU. Yep. Um, that was my dream. He said he's been he's an Oklahoma boy. He wanted to come back. He's been trying to get back here for 23 years. Yeah. So I think he's gonna be chomping at the bit to try to do a good job and try to get these guys dialed in. Uh, and he even said he goes, look, Jackson Arnold and I, this is our first start, both of us. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that that's kind of I think you know they've they've probably had to really pick up their relationship pretty quick over mm-hmm. a month's time. Um. But so hopefully that's dialed in. But uh, and then Joe John just said, you know, he's what doesn't want to be anywhere else. He relishes the challenge. He's loved working with Seth. And, you know, I think kind of squash because I feel like there was a lot of smoke. Or well, I would say a lot of smoke. There's a lot of talk about Joe John following. Um, Le- uh, yeah, Levy to to Mississippi State. Sure. And I, I think he kind of squashed that and said, look, I don't want to be anywhere but OU right now. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the coaches were, I mean, they seemed fine. I, like you said, I agree with you from the, you know, your take when you said that they, Arizona looked fired up. I think our guys, I mean, obviously our coordinators and coaches want to win. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they at least broadcasted that they were that level of pumped as Arizona was. Right. But I also think, like I said, you have, I think Latrell really does want to win. So, yes. Um, and look, every competitor, that's the thing though, right? Like, even you and I, like at a low level of high school football, every game you play, you want to win. But like at the same time, like you play a scrimmage before the season, there's some of them you want to play like hardcore. Uh, like great example, our junior year, um, we were still a 4A school in high school and we got to scrimmage a 6A school. And they were supposed to be one of the top two or three schools in the state. They were supposedly had a guy that was one of the top 10 running backs in the nation. Like we wanted to throttle those guys. And guess what? We did. We beat them 63 to seven. Okay. But it was more so, I think if we had played on a normal Friday night, real wins, real losses, that game's a lot tighter. Right. And I still think we win, obviously, but we were in it. There were other scrimmages we played where we played somebody that was not any good. The score was really close because you're just not in it. And it's not because you don't want to win, but you just, you back the throttle off a little bit. And again, we talked about that with this team. This team building to Texas was on an edge. And then the minute they beat Texas, they lost that edge. 
for about three weeks, they didn't have any of it. It took two losses for them to start to kind of get that edge back, right? So um, that's I mean, that's what's hard to get a gauge on this team a little bit right now. It's kind of just where I think they want to win. I don't think that they're laxing and in, in practicing hard, but do they really have the mental edge if we want to go kill these guys? And if you don't, then you know that that can that can pose a problem. Yeah, I mean, we when we've talked about that all season. It's been uh, it's a hard team to read because you know even going back to last season, you know, I was at the uh, at the um, Cheez It Bowl was what it was last yeah. year, um, where nobody expected them to do anything. Right. Um, you know, everybody expected right. them to get run out of the stadium, and it was a dogfight to the last minute. Um, right. So it, it, this is a hard team to read. So I agree with you, though. We'll see. Um, but I, like I said, I do like you know it makes me cheer for Seth Latrell a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, just being an Oklahoma boy, and you know, I really do think, like, in all honesty, I think he's he kind of gives me Kale vibes, where you could tell Kale just wanted to be at OU. Yeah, I mean, Kale still he's tweeting. Oh, I'm very active on Twitter and stuff, supporting OU. I think he's just that same vein of guy that just wants to be an OU boy. So, um, but you know, beyond that, they also released a depth chart. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, now, do you have any just initial depth chart thoughts uh, looking at it? Obviously, the offensive line is a little bit of a patchwork because all the departures. Um, but does anything else stick out to you, I guess? Um, I don't know that a whole lot did. Um, I mean, obviously, the line was one of the first things I looked at, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I find it interesting that Logan Howland is the backup at left tackle. That's a name we have not heard all year long. So that'll be very interesting. Um, love seeing Heath Ozeda on there. Uh, I think that that could be really, really great uh, for him to get some time in this game. And then both Jake's at the other tackle. Um, now, how would that shake out if Walter Rouse really got hurt? I don't know, but either way, you know, it's just a better offensive line than we kind of thought we could have going into the game. Um, so I thought that that, that was interesting. Uh, there was something on defense. I got to glance back through it again. I remember that threw me off that I was like, really? Oh, there it was. Uh was very shocked a little bit, actually, to see that Jaron Canick did not have an oar. This is one of those, those depth charts that has a lot of oars on it. And it's Jaron Canick. Ride or die, no or, and I found that interesting. Um, Which I don't know, and I don't know if some of that's gamesmanship a little bit. I don't know because we've seen that we've seen that before, where there's a game this year where I think they did the same thing, where we're all like Jaron Canick's the the shoe in, and then Jaron Canick didn't even start. Um, Right. So yeah, I that is a little bit uh, puzzling though. Yeah. Uh, So I think those are the. The biggest things um, that stood out to me that I was like, that's really different than what we saw down the stretch of the season that, you know, so what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's a plenty to look at. I mean, obviously, Towie Walker. Yeah. Being on there. Yeah. Uh, in an or starting position, you have Sawchuck mm-hmm. or, or Towie or Barnes, uh, then Hicks. So I, I wonder how that's going to play out a little bit. Right. Um. You know, I Stogner's obviously playing, even though this will be his last game. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Stogner. Um, you know, I think the guy that surprised me probably well, surprised me second most. Um 
I think is probably uh like you said I, well actually I'm gonna go with probably Reggie Pearson RSJ I I thought there might be an or there um, oh yeah yeah you know just because RSJ's looked really good I mean I think Dude. RSJ's I mean in Pearson really as no 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 shame to Pearson but no no no, no. uh but RSJ's just looks so good so I'm surprised little surprises are not an or there um but honestly like I said you look at the death chart and it's like Somehow I look at this and we still have a patchwork offensive line. I feel a little bit better about who we have out there. Yeah. Now, now if we were going to play Bama or Georgia, then I'm probably not having the warm, <laughs> I'm warm fuzzies. Right? <laughs> but you know, we're where we are now. I do have one thing that we just have to talk about as oh, OU fans. Oh, the Sooner Nation. I saw. Has, I saw this in the notes. Sooner Nation has already been with their pitchforks out, I, and I want to get your take because we haven't really talked about this in depth. Gavin Freeman. Gavin Freeman is listed not only uh, as the uh, backup in the slot behind Drake with no or ahead. Of, he's ahead of Petaway. Right. But he's also listed as the primary uh, punt returner. Yeah. So what are you, what, give me your thoughts because I, I have some, but I want to hear yours first. Well, again, the hard part with this depth chart is they're does feel like there's a lot of things on there that's very um, just chalk from the season that doesn't line up with what we saw the last three to four games of the season, right? So is this just a depth chart they threw out there a week ago and that's what they're riding with and it's a little bit of gamesmanship, you know? On the other side, again, I'm just going to be curious how they treat this game. Are they going to give young guys opportunities? So like, for instance, with punt returning, do you give Petaway a chance back there? And what does that look like in comparison to Gavin, right? Like those kinds of things. Um, you know, I don't have a problem with him listed as the primary guy um, because he has been all year. Now, at wide receiver, I don't understand that. I, I don't understand how Gavin Freeman is higher on a depth chart above Brennan Thompson or... Jaden Gibson or tied with Jaden Gibson and or Petaway. Like I don't. And I like the kid. We've talked about this a thousand times over. We know his attitude towards OU. We know his love for OU. We know he's a legacy. We know he's a workout, just, you know, uh, he's a gym uh, rat. warrior. Right. Like, but that, I mean, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Like, he has shown, at least based on how you've used him, that he is not as much of a playmaker as those other guys. So I don't know what I, we're doing there. I, I mean, look, my my take on it is this. I Gavin Freeman is probably he's again, he's an, an Oklahoma boy. He wants to spend his dream. We all know those things. The story's really cool. That's great. But if you look at his stat line, you look at how he's played, especially in the punt returning realm of things and I mean really just overall this season there's nobody else that would like everybody else would have been benched there's nobody else in the country I think that wouldn't have benched him um you know especially when you have somebody that you've seen as little as we've got to see a petaway petaway has yeah. shown way more ability to be lightning he shows flash um and so it, it, it is curious like you said I I'm, I'm hoping that's the case and it's no, it's no dig at Freeman. Maybe he he gets it sorted out in the off season or whatever. But the punt return stuff, especially, it's like, dude, you it, it is a absolute liability. It's not even yeah. You had a bad game. You've been a liability all season long. Well, 
Well, um, I, and that see, and that's I would say after about game three, he became a liability. I'd say the first three to four games of the year, he was actually one of the strengths, right? That that had us believing that special teams was going to be a strength of this team. Um, he had the punt return for a touchdown. He had several other really good returns early in the year, and then his games got tighter, and he started playing better competition. His opportunities became less in the passing game. His opportunities became less in the punt return game, and it felt like he was constantly pressing to do something insane, right? And instead of just letting the moment come to him, and then because of that, he's fair catching balls inside the 10 and inside the five-yard line. He's muffing punts. He's, you know, just – it looked like he just got all kinds of out of sorts as the year went along, whereas he was a strength early on. So that's the other side. Like, these I mean, three and a half weeks they've had, maybe he's gotten his crap together and he's gone back to that guy of going, okay, look, if all I get is six fair catches – that's the way it rolls. But if I get space, then I can roll. Then, okay, then we'll we'll see what happens. You know, and it comes back to, uh, you know, I had a, one of my favorite coaches used to say, um, you can work out in the gym as much as you want, and we love that, but it's all about what's between your ears. Um, yeah. And I think that's a little bit of where he's at. I think he's he's kind of got that, um, you know, the, the cold shooter mentality. And, the, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's like he's just trying to take shots because he doesn't know what else to do. He's just trying to get hot again. Yeah. Um, By so, the yeah. way, Sorry, another note that I just I'd forgotten till just now uh, on the depth chart is this one. There is one big change on the depth chart uh, that was not the case all season long. Although, again, playing time would have indicated a little differently. And that is this Josh Faniel as the backup tight end all year. It's been Blake Smith and he has moved up to the backup there. I think that is very intriguing and I'm very interested to see what happens there. And I do think it was interesting that even yesterday or today, uh, one of their social media posts was Stogner and Faniel together um, out front of the hotel, inviting fans and, you know, all those kinds of different things. And so, um, yeah, I, I just find that one really intriguing. Again, for those of you that don't know the story, Cameron basketball, uh, Cameron university basketball player transfers to OU. He's a redshirt sophomore. So he's still got some time, right, to to put some things together. And he's only 6'3", 250, and he moves well. Uh, so that could be a really interesting piece as well that you see on the depth chart. Yeah, I am anxious to see that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I do feel, I mean, like I said, it's just funny that, uh, you know, I think it's we're starting to see as much as people may be down about a lot of things, and I understand that. I do think we're starting to see a little bit glimpse of that competitive depth. Maybe, you know, I'm hoping that's what we see. So maybe that's the sunshine in me, but, um, but Hey, one thing we're not even talking about on the the depth chart, the Jackson, like I said, the Jackson Arnold Arnold. area era is here. Uh, there's no way around it. Um, and not only that, his teammates, like, I think was it, uh, I don't remember who it was. It was on, um, uh, Gibson and them's podcast. Yeah. Entry. It was Gentry. Yeah. And he said, dude, he made a throw that was just like, he said, even BV, he goes, BV watched it. And he goes, you know how BV's like serious? Like, yeah. you need to do this, you need to do that. And he said, BV watched and goes, I don't yeah. know. Guess you got to get tighter. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, so I, I think he's, and dude, watching the film, like watching the, like the little bit of practice uh, yeah. shots we've gotten to see, dude, his release is 
it's nice. Look, it's man, nice. It what you just said is so true. You can work out all you want. You can watch all the tape you want. You can have all the tools, like physically, the God given tools. What are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do between the ears when when the fans are loud and everything is crazy? What are you gonna do? And look, like being giving a honest evaluation of Jackson Arnold, right? We saw the Tulsa game where we saw all those tools and all that ability look unbelievable. That dot he threw to Nick Anderson, right, in that game when Nick was just coming on the scene was a thing of perfection, right? Then we saw the BYU game that actually looked a little rough for a little bit, right? It it wasn't mop-up duty anymore. Again, it wasn't just, it doesn't matter what I do. This game's over. This is this is practice. It he came in and had to win the game, and he struggled for a bit, right? He struggled and then closed it out with a, again, a laser to Jaleel Farouk, which, by the way, as good of a throw and all that stuff, Jaleel Farouk is the hero of that play. That was an unbelievable catch that he made, right? So now let's see it. You are the guy. that You're no surprise you got to go out and get it done. Let's see what happens. But yeah, dude, watching the ball come out of his hand. I mean, and look, we 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 try not to like overly brag, and at the same time, we like to give each other crap about the things we got right. The minute I started watching Jackson Arnold tape in high school, I was like, I don't understand what's going on with this guy's rating. Like, it is dumb what this guy can do. Um, and then it was, he was a pocket passer. And then you start watching the tape. It's like, this dude is not a pocket passer. This guy can run. And then they didn't know what to do with him. And then he wins the elite 11. I mean, like, I just, I like, really like him, man. Here, let me, let me, let me give Sooner Nation a little bit to salivate over. <laughs> you, like you said, you had the BYU game. Like he said, he played trash duty, right? He comes in the BYU game. And I also remember in the BYU game, I think it was Nick Anderson or Gibson that he had streaking down the sideline that he overthrew. And you could just tell yeah. that that was that. Yeah. He got, he got buck fever, right? He yeah. got the trembling legs, you know, and he just saw it and he just overthrew, right? He got a little anxious. Juices were flowing he, a little too much on that so one. You, yeah. you had a little bit of that knock. You had, you had a little bit of that freshman mentality taken out of him there. Now you're going to have a whole game to really like put him in the trenches and put some, you know, get some bullets flying over his head. Yeah. And then, Going into next season, it's like for your quarterback at least, that's about the best scenario you could put him in. Because next yep. year he's going to go in and he's going to go, I've been there. I've done that. I've played when the lights were bright, you know, yep. and now I'm going to go play some big boy football. So in that in that capacity, I think it's really good. But yeah, I think, I mean, I'm anxious to see. I really am excited to see um, what he does. So, yeah. and like I said, perfect, kind of perfect timing for him to be able to come in. So, yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is what's, you know, Davis Bevel's gone now, so General Booty's, I think, the only back. No, 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 Bevel's there. Bevel's at the bowl game. Oh, he's at the bowl yeah. game? Okay. He's he, still he there. Enter. He's playing. Yeah. He did Even though he's in the portal. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So, Correct. Uh, and by the way, uh, another thing to go listen to, uh, Eddie and uh, George Stoya did a uh, an interview with um, Dylan Gabriel, yeah. and they asked him about Jackson, and he gave Jackson some, some pretty high praise um, as well. I mean, really talked well of him. And again... He's one of the ones that kind of has me wondering because he said, you know, with BV's vision and where BV's going, it's just kind of time for a youth movement, you know? Like, that's just kind of, that's the direction they're going. 
And I don't think he meant that just a quarterback. I think he meant that as a team. They've brought in these guys, and it's time to let them let them loose. And I hope they do that this weekend or this week. Yeah. So, um, and kind of rolling with that, let's just go, because we're talking about the youth movement. I think everybody, mm -hmm. to some capacity, is expecting some youth to come out. Yeah. Give me one young guy on offense and one young guy on defense that's going to be, you know, like a sophomore or freshman or whatever. Uh, that you that you really want to see play most, you think is going to have a big impact. Mm. Man, this is so like because offensively, it's easy who I want to see because who I want to see is Caleb Hicks. That's yep. who I want to see get run in this game. I don't believe for a second it's going to happen. I think if if they got up big or whatever, I think it's going to be the Towie Walker show. Um, I think they're going to do everything they can to get Towie a scholarship somewhere and and really put him on display in this game. But that's who I want. Who do I think could? Um, of the young guys we have not seen a lot of, it'd be Petaway. I mean, that's that's the guy. Out out the only other guy you could even maybe say, but he's come on so strong in the year is Jaden Gibson to me. Mm -hmm. Like right, like that's kind of the dudes. Um, now for guys that are trench players. Joshua Bates would yep. be another one I think that could play in this game a decent amount and is a guy that we've all been excited about. But as far as the guys I really do think that are going to play on offense, it's it's Petaway. And he could have a huge impact on the game if they let him run. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, obviously, we can't really – I mean, like I said, I, Jackson Arnold's way too low of a hang. Yeah, hang to say. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Petaway was who I was going to say. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, again, we've seen flashes. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see him get enough run that we can actually see him, you know, uh, I mean, really, like, like when you think about it, it's like, what does he play, like two or three plays a game? You know, like put him out there if, for even if that. Yeah. If he, if, if he played 10, 15 snaps, I would be happy. Um, mm -hmm. Again, and just to get some of those guys, like I said, get the bullets flying over their head. Um but since you get, you picked him, then I'm going to go with somebody you mentioned earlier. Uh, and I'm going to go, uh, Josh, how do you say his last name? Faniel. Faniel, okay. Mm -hmm. Faniel. Um, dude. Like you said, when you look at him, when he, like athletically, the dude, like we when we were at the SMU game, we saw him warming up. Yeah. That's a big human being. Yeah. That is a big human being. And, and he's fluid. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You, you, when you saw him, he looks, and that's what's crazy about it is when you watch him. We watched him warm up. Uh, I know it's crazy to say this about watching somebody warm up, but it's like he warmed up like a basketball player, very limber, very nimble for somebody his size, right? Mm -hmm. Like he didn't, he wasn't a heavy footed guy. So on offense, uh, I definitely think that that's probably gonna be the guy that I'm circling. Um, and just to kind of like I said, we we've got to get somebody in the tight end room uh, yeah. to assert themselves. So. Uh, and then I guess I'll go on to the defense side. Um, I mean, I guess this is kind of a probably a little bit of a low pick. Um, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I hope that he gets to play. I'm going to go RSJ. I know that he's not quite new, new, oh, okay. but he's a younger guy. Um, it's just felt like they've kind of managed him a little weird. Like it feels like he's played a lot in spots and then just kind of not been on the field in other spots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want to see him a younger guy that could get on the field, uh, make some plays in a big moment. Um, I think would do very, very well for him. And I, I like, I just, I love his stock. And then of course, I'm just going to shout out the other guy that I, like you said, that I'm going to pat myself on the back. Kip Lewis, man. Um, 
like you said, where there's I feel like the linebackers might get shuffled quite a bit, you know, with Danny. I hope so. Uh Canick and all that sort of stuff. Dude, give me Kip Lewis. Give me some yeah. Kip Lewis. Yeah. The dude to me is, I mean, this season, when you go back and watch him play, the dude just he's finds a the football. He's, he just yeah. finds the football. Period. Yeah, and he's and he's not scared. Like he he's not that guy. Like he's not a, and that's what's crazy. You look at him, he's not a massive guy, right? Like he mm-hmm. needs to put on more weight. But he's not scared to take on anybody. That's the kind of guys that I think BV wants. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid of if it's a D or a a left tackle or interior guard. Like he doesn't care. He's gonna mm-hmm. just try to push that guy off of him and go get the ball. And I just love his attitude. So that's yeah. my guy on defense. Well, and I see I, I'm kind of the same as far as like low hanging fruit. Like I feel like the low hanging fruit guy for youth on defense is Peyton Bowen. If he doesn't play sixty percent of the snaps, it's a travesty. Right, like find out what this kid is, and I think we know already. But like, very few games did he play a bulk of snaps at all. And I know he had a shoulder, you know, something going on in the season and some different things. But man, run that guy like crazy! Like, let's find out what we've got there. Um, and I mean, literally, I I would feel great if he played awesome and if RSJ played awesome. Bowman, Bowen, RSJ, make those your three guys next year. It'd be great. Um, the other guy on defense, though, that I want to see play a lot and needs to needs to have an impact is PJ. It's time. Uh-huh. Yep. It's time. Look, and I said this early on. Everybody was like, you know, PJ's got this blah, blah, blah win rate. It's like, dude, we're playing Arkansas State. We're playing like he doesn't have to do anything to have a win rate in these games. And then as the year went on, it was less and less and less and less PJ. Um, the tools are there. He's had a month now to refine some things. He needs to eat in this game. And if he doesn't, I think we have to be concerned as far as this is not a guy that next year you're leaning on to be a stable in in that in that line group. Right. This is a guy that's unfortunately going to be a fourth or fifth year guy before the lights come on for him, I think. And that's okay. But we brought this guy in believing he was going to have impact this year and he was going to be a staple next year. And if he does not assert himself in this game, I I don't believe that that's true. Well, I mean, when you looked at him at camps and stuff, right? Like he was just so dominant at camps. And like you said, it's just, it would be strange to see him not, um, even at the army or whatever, all the Under Armour All American, like he was everywhere. Like when he was on the field, yeah. And now in college, he's really kind of struggled to find himself. And so you've had some time off, you've had a break, go to work. That we need you in the SEC next year. Yeah, and and it's you know not to give in defense, but a little bit of, I think could I, I you know could be a little bit of that Brent Venables defense is complicated and those sorts of things, but we'll see. Like I said, I, I do think he's a guy you do have to circle a little bit. So, um, and then just, okay, just to go real quick, just give me two impact players overall for this game. Give me some other guys. Um, doesn't matter offense or defense. Who's, who's two guys that matter old or young that are going to be impact. I think defensively, I think your impact player on the defense is going to be 
Dejon Terry. I think he's going to really come out and have a really good game in this game. Coming back for another year, same thing. He needs to assert himself to get ready. And I'll just go on the other side just for kicks. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, um, I think the impact player is going to be Sawchuck. I think he needs to build off what he did. I don't think he's going to play a ton in the game. Again, I think Tawi will probably be more. But again, if he just gives us a quarter and a half of what we saw down the stretch of the season, okay, like I'm good. Like, go let Tawi eat after that and do his thing. But I think, and that will take the load off of Jackson as well and make him comfortable. Um, there's and then he can impact the game in the in the passing game, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Sawchuck will be the impact guy um, on offense. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna pick my a dark horse pick a little oh, bit. Okay. I don't know if it's really crazy dark horse, but a little bit. I'm gonna go Kobe McKenzie. Oh wow. Okay. So I think, like I said, I think you know, obviously Jaron's starting ahead of him on the depth chart as it's listed, but I just think Kobe. I think Kobe's kind of started to get it as the season's gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if they give him some run, I think he might try to assert himself yeah. into that position. Uh, yeah. And that's, again, no dig at Canning. But uh, Kobe is, I, I feel like the last three games of the season, yeah. when he got to play, he was he was on. Yeah. Um, so that's my guy on defense. And then my, my, my uh, offense pick isn't that much of a dark horse, Nick Anderson. Yeah. I think Nick Anderson's going to have a big game. Uh, I think he needs to have a big game even. I know that sounds weird to say he needs to have one. But, <laughs> um, dude, I just think that he's, again, you want to see him just go out into a game like this and just light it up. Yeah. Uh, with a new quarterback, have that same chemistry um, and just get wide open. And we can start to see, um, you know, how that deep threat's going to look. And, you know, real quick shout out, just a sub, like maybe a 1A or whatever in my pick, Drake Stoops. Final game as a Sooner. Dude, that's it. We missed it completely. That will be the impact player of the game on offense, period. Like, Dude. 100%. Dude, I, I'm telling you, I it's almost. I might be in tears by the end of the game seeing if Drake Suits <laughs> walk off because the dude's played at OU for like 25 years, man. Um, Dude, it, how, like, seriously, Sooner Nation will be in tears if he goes for like 10 catches and 150 yards with a couple t- tutties and one of them is like, gives you the lead at the end of this game. I mean, I really do think people like this, like no name bowl game that no one's excited about will be one that people talk about forever. If that happens, dude. And you know, like if you just see, like if they win the game, Bob sleeps down, it's like, dude, there's, there's a yes. whole storyline. Yes. Like, yes. Like Disney's going to be making a movie about it, but, um, <laughs> but real quick, before we move on to, into this, some just overall college football, uh, some, so some of the early enrollees have showed up. Yeah. Right. Like you have Jaden Jackson, Michael Hawkins, some of those guys have showed yeah. up. Nigel uh, Smith. Um, yeah, there's a good group of them down there. Yeah. Uh, so one guy that Troy and I guess Daryl uh gave a little buy, buy stock in before they even arrived. This was a couple weeks ago. Jaden Jackson is uh I'm not gonna lie, dude looks looks like I, it. I yeah, I, I was shocked at how many people at practice were just raving about him. Um, Nigel as well got some got some praise from some folks that got to be at practice and watch portions of practice. But, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that here's the thing. It shows you where our recruiting was on the defensive line because here's the thing. We haven't had a kid that's a freshman that came in at 305 like Jaden Jackson is. Yeah. Like, it's been JUCO guys. It's been transfer guys. It's And then – 
Then we bring him in and slim him down to 290. So to see a kid that's supposed to be finishing his last semester of high school still coming in at 300 something pounds, it's like, oh my gosh, like, what is that? Like, we've never seen that. It's the same with PJ last year when he showed up. It was like, what is that? Like, that's not normal because we weren't getting those guys, which again, kudos to the staff. Nigel Smith is the same way. When you see him in those videos, it's like, good Lord, man. Like that guy is red and Nigel still looks like a guy that can put more weight on his frame. I mean, like, it's just unreal, man. Like it's, it's awesome. I mean, yeah. And I mean, it, the, the crazy thing about Jaden Jackson, I think is, is that he wasn't like a lower uh, rated guy, but he wasn't like a unanimous, even four star. He was three by some places. He yep. was kind of a middling four. Um, but yeah, at the coaching staff, everybody is raving about him. So, yep. uh, you know, everybody's trying to buy stock right now. So you and Troy, Y'all have got the early position, so uh, yeah. But moving on to college football, speaking of crazy craziness in college football and recruiting and all that, uh, Mizzou and Ole Miss apparently uh, got some oil money, some old money, some new money. I don't know. They are some throwing money. bags around like you wouldn't believe. Uh, today, they just got uh, Mizzou just landed McClellan from uh, was Florida. He was at Florida. From Florida, yeah. Um. But so hey, had, Tulsa, Tulsa High School kid, um, yeah. that a lot of people believed was very high on OU when he entered the portal, and Mizzou gets him instead. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think of it. Ole Miss is the one that I'm scared of. I'm still not scared yeah. of Mizzou. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Ole Miss and Mizzou though? Just throwing bags around like crazy. Well, I mean, the Ole Miss one is a little funny because. You know, Lane Kiffin basically spent an entire year and a half just throwing knives at Jimbo Fisher, buying recruiting classes and the money he's spending, da-da-da. And it's like, it's obvious that Ole Miss is very involved in the NIL game based on what they've pulled out of this portal. Um, and so Ole Miss is terrifying because if they can tap into the talent of these guys, wow. I mean, it... Look, they have I, assembled something for sure. Mizzou, Mizzou feels a lot more, and I and I mentioned this last week, and I know this makes no sense, but like we've talked about many times on here, Troy and I are in an auction fantasy football league, and that we have a guy in that league, Wes. Wes every year would have five guys that were in like the top ten, or you know, not five. He'd have about three that were top ten players overall in fantasy, and he would spend every ounce of money he had on those guys and he would just fill in from the rest, right? Mizzou feels like that a little bit, right? They go get Caden, they get McClellan, they got Luther Burden, like they, you know, they got Nawari. They've got like four or five guys that are like big, 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 big time. After that, I'm not really sure what they have, but they've got that. And they that's them, man. They're going superstars, trying to get all they can. And like I said a while back, I don't, I think people forget that Mizzou um, is a very well-respected journalism school. And so there are a lot of people attached to Missouri that are big names in the journalism world. And so that's a part of where that money comes from. And then I'm sure there's lots of other random, you got Bass Pro money in Missouri. You've got, I mean, you've got some stuff, man. I mean, heck, the Bass Pro family alone just said that they were going to be involved with NIL at at Missouri. That done. Like right? Like that's a done deal. Like right there. So maybe that's it. I don't know. 
yeah it's it's just it's a weird thing i mean it's uh it's crazy i mean i still i'm i'm not scared of mizzou uh like i said i think they're a big fraud uh this year and i don't think again it's like holistically i just don't think when you look at the recruiting class even look what they brought in the portal so far i think they're gonna be a better team next year but i also don't think that they're gonna be world beaters right um so it is what it is yeah. and now the argument around ou because there's been people, the fan base, uh, right. other fan bases, well, OU's poor, they can't afford it. And uh, the argument has been, it isn't about OU having the money, it's about OU being willing to spend the money, the willingness to spend the money on certain players. So what? Like, what's your thought on that? Because like to me, uh, you know, I, I, I think that it's partly that it's the case, you know, I mean, right. I think that some of these guys are really good and we'd love to have them, but if they're going to come in and say, well, I want a million dollars, Good luck. So I, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Um, I know for a fact that their NIL collective structure, right, has chosen to have a culture about it. And the culture of that collective is they want to have a culture of empowerment, not entitlement. That is what they have said from the get-go. We do not want to create young men who are entitled. We want to empower young men to be great. That is why, which has come out, right? Like, Levy was a big piece in the NIL game before he left. And so they literally have kind of their money pool, if you will, structured like the NFL. And so literally they are following the NFL percentages just like the NFL does. Like you spend an X amount of percentage on offensive line. You spend an X amount of percentage on running back, riders, et cetera. That's how their structure is set, right? And then they are setting up a structure where they're not paying. They are in the game, don't get me wrong. But no, they're not trying to throw a million and a half at a at a kid out of high school that you're not sure is great or not, right? They're going right. to give that money to a kid they developed. Um, and then the other side is, because of that entitlement over empowerment or empowerment over entitlement stuff, they do not react well to bidding wars. They do not react well to, hi, I'm Daryl Reininger. You guys want me. Here's what I've been offered by these other two places. What are you going to do? Like that's, that don't sit with this staff because they know that then from there on out, it's not about, you don't, you're not getting a kid that's going to let you coach them. You're not getting a kid that's going to let you be honest with them. What you're getting is a kid that's just going to wait till the largest bidder comes along and he's going to go there, right? And so that's the problem with that mentality and why like an A&M kind of implodes on itself because that's all you had those kids doing was y'all threw us the bag. You need us and that's true, but it's not a, look, we want to give you this. And then if you earn starts, you're going to get this. If you become our entrenched starter, you're going to get this. And then not only that, we have the best coaches on the staff to get you the NFL. What's going to get you this? We're going to get you internships and connections in the business world that get you this, right? Like they are trying to set levels up. Like we, like you used to say in recruiting all the time, right? There's levels to this. That's how OU wants to approach this. You come in and earn your keep and then there's a level to that. And you keep earning your keep and there's a level to that. We're going to take care of you. We're going to play the game. But don't come in here with just numbers. 
Come in here with what you want to be as a man. Come in here what you want to be as a football player. Come in here and tell us what you want to be when you're 50, and we're going to come alongside you and help you level up to that. And I think that that's a, I think that that can win. I don't think you will win maybe necessarily as much as some other places on some on some given years, but I do think it's something that can really be a long haul better culture and a winning culture. Yeah, I mean, you know, just like you know, to frame that in another way, it kind of gave me the vibes of in the professional world, my old boss. Uh, when I was trans, when I he told me from the get go, uh, you know, if you want more money, if you want more whatever, come to me and let's talk about it. Right. He said, don't show up at my door and say, I've got an offer and you're going to beat it. He said, if you do that, I'm going to say, I'll write you a letter of like recommendation. Tell me where I need to send it. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that's how it was. And it, and it wasn't, that was not a toxic culture. Me and him have a good relationship to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's what it was. Earn what you can what, earn your keep and right. you'll be taken care of. Right. Right. Uh, and when I did move on, it wasn't out of, uh, you know, there was nothing against him. There was nothing, you know, I mean, it was just I had to go to a better situation mm -hmm. and it is what it is. And I, there was no, we're going to have a bidding war. So anyway, uh, I do think that's a little bit. I mean, I think that they're deciding where to spend that money and that's fair. Um, And real quick, just to finish up with OU, do you think OU is going to. Like, well, give me, give me, how do you think there's one, two, three more guys that are going to try to get out of the portable for next season? Yeah, I mean, I, I according to BV's numbers at his press conference, there's still another four to maybe five that they might might be targeting um, out there to get. It sounds like this uh, Nick, uh, I forgot his last name already, uh, but he was teammates with the wide receiver guy that we uh, that we picked up, uh, Burton. Um, but he was the Big Ten leader in sacks from the defensive end position slash outside linebacker position. That sounds like a guy right up BV's alley because they need a pass rusher. Nick Squirt, Squirtin, Scourton? Yeah, whatever that is. That guy, I think that they'll be in after him quite a bit. Um, there's another guy that was an all-Mac, all all-whatever all player from Miami of Ohio. But I definitely think, and I still think they need linemen. Um, and remember, you know, this is something we forget, right? Like, remember the transfers that OU got after spring. That made impact. Andrew Anthony was one of those. Yeah. He was a post-spring transfer, big impact. Caleb Schaefer, post-spring uh, transfer that had some impact. And there was another one, too. And I can't remember who it is. Maybe Reggie Pearson, um, I think, was post-spring as well. Yeah. Who played a lot. So they went and got some guys and were patient and waited for that whole part of the process to play out and got some guys that had big-time impact for this team. And so I think that you'll see them be patient to that window if they have to. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I do think they'll add some guys. But it's going to be – the, the portal is wild. Speaking of wild portal, FSU is in shambles. Florida State is in pieces. Rodemaker, however you say his name, uh, quarter, who was going to be the starting quarterback – yeah, he's in he's in the portal now and not I believe has said he's not playing in the bowl game. Uh, a number of their top players have all entered the, the portal. I mean, it's wild. Like yeah. there is a max ex exodus from Florida State. Florida State's now trying to bounce from the ACC uh, chaos abound over there. And I feel really bad because we've talked about it. Um, you know, I when it was under Jimbo I was not a big FSU fan, but since then, it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily cheer for them, but you know what I mean? Like they, it feels like the cultures got turned around 
It feels like they're, you know, when I was at the uh, Cheez-It Bowl game, mm-hmm. wonderful fans. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. There was one part out of, I was obviously the 90-something percent OU or uh, Florida State fans, and I had one guy that was a jerk, right? Uh, right. So just a wild time in Florida State. It's just crazy to see how the portal is affected that. I mean, and it's funny because now you have people writing all these Come with these conspiracies that ESPN's the one paying these players to leave Florida State, and it's just wild. It's like the crazy time we live in with NIL and transfer portals just getting wild. And speaking of wild, <laughs> USC doesn't have a quarterback right now. <laughs> uh, Will Howard has has said that he's down to USC. I believe it's USC and Ohio State are the two schools that he's deciding between. Yeah, they're the two biggest things. There's somebody else in there. But, yes, Ohio State and USC are, are well well up there. It's just wild to me. Is it like is has I, – I, I really feel like Riley's shine kind of wore off the season with a lot of people. Yeah, I, I do think that that's a reality. Um, and I also think for the first time ever in, in Riley's career – he ended the season with a quarterback regressing, right? Whereas he's always been putting a guy on the rise, right? And right. granted, mostly transfers, but even Caleb's freshman year, when Spencer was the one regressing, right? Caleb came in and saved the day, and he did ascend through the year. He got better and better. He had some bad games as a true freshman, but he got better and better and better. Now this year, he regressed, right? And went backwards in a lot of areas, so now all of a sudden there's a lot of question marks with that. There's question marks about the way that their culture is and what the workout regimens are. And so I, you you have all that. And then with FSU, look, I'll say this. I don't think ESPN's paying those kids to leave, but here's the deal. ESPN paid them to leave when a team went 13-0 and and did everything that they were supposed to do and you said, no, you don't get in. And so I, if I'm a kid who's got two years left, and I go, so you mean to tell me we've had like this many undefeated teams in the last like eight years of college football that were power five schools, and we don't get in? We we don't get to be in the playoff for that? Like, sorry, I want to go play for Bama where I'm going to make the same money. I want to go play for Georgia where I'm going to make the same money or whoever in another conference where – I'm going to get in if I go undefeated. Matter of fact, I'm going to get in if I have one loss. Because that's what you just said. The Big 12 gets a team in over us with one loss. And like, let's it's, be real. The Florida State schedule was a better schedule than the Big 12 had to offer in any way. Shape. The only thing Texas has for it is beating Bama. That's it. Right? Like, after that, like, nobody on that schedule just makes you go, wow, what a win. You know? Because the Big 12 was so weak this year. So... I think that that's a big, big I mean, piece of it. Yeah, I mean, I do think that's and it breaks my heart to, for a selfish reason of I was hoping Florida State because I I was Florida State's defense throughout the season, dude. Good, so gnarly. good lord, they were so good. Yeah, uh, and I and I was like, I really honestly think that they have a chance. It's not before it was not a very good chance to be Georgia. I didn't think, but they had a chance because of that defense. Now it's a snowball chance in hell, but, yep. uh, but yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's enough college football talk. Um, we've kind of covered the bowl game, covered a little bit of recruiting. So anything else you got for college football? No, I'm good. Good on that front. 
Well, we got the Thunder, though. Yeah. And they've been doing well. They did drop one to the Lakers. Uh, I actually haven't. Let me. We're we're recording this during the the game. Uh, Thunder beat the Timberwolves 129 to 106 tonight. Nice. Uh, so a good good win. They are now third in the West. Which who would have thought? Again, who would have thought? Third right. in the West. Uh, that's just wild. I mean, this late in the season, and they've been there the whole season essentially. They've been second or third pretty much the whole season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they and like you said, we talked about this before. The they beat the Clippers. We I was there. Hot, yeah, hot, I was there. Me and me and my son got to be there in the stadium for that game. And dude, yeah, they were on like a ten game winning streak, like just annihilating people. And dude, they dismantled the Clippers. It was, it wasn't even close. And then and they beat the Nuggets. Who are yes. the, the top of the West? Uh, yeah, the, one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, and like I said, really, when you lost to the Lakers, it was just one of those games, kind of. You know what I mean? Like it. I think it when LeBron like eight for eight from three, and just he just went nuts. And if if LeBron's hitting threes like that, I mean, yeah, it is I mean, what it is. You know. Yeah, it's just that's it, one of those games. That's that's how basketball is. Uh. So I mean, you know, it is what it is, but. I do think that the Thunder are on a very uptrend, right? Oh, and I was gonna—I I had I had the question for one. Let's let's ask this first. I've seen a lot of talk about Chet versus Wimby, and it's like a serious talking point of who's better. No, not right now. I still think long term there's a discussion to be had, right? I mean, this we do have to realize this is Wimby's first year in the NBA, right? And while yes, it's the first year for Chet to be playing in the NBA. He spent a whole year watching it, being there, seeing it, and that that does help, right? Getting to be in those practices with NBA players for an entire year means something, right? You get to learn and figure out a lot. I mean, it's it's the it's the NFL model of bringing in a quarterback and letting him sit for a year or two before you put him out there so that he can process what's going on. So I I mean, but for this season, Rookie of the year. I don't even know who else you you talk about other than Chet. And as of right now, today, yeah, Chet's the better player, hands down. Right now, today, he's the better player. He also has a better supporting cast, but he is the better player right now. Now next year, let's see what kind of jump Wimby takes, and that may change everything. But um, dude, Chet, and I'm telling you, finally being in the gym to watch him in person. Dude's good, man. The dude is really, really. I know he is a skinny little beanpole man, but the dude can ball big time. He can ball. That so, was a win by Sam Presti. So I, I actually had a friend that was. I was actually texting about this over Christmas, kind of over the holiday week uh, weekend, and he said he actually had seen him. I don't remember what game he had went to see him in, and he goes in person. He said watching Chet play is like it's like somebody playing NBA 2K and setting <laughs> sliders like all the way to one direction. Because he's like he he doesn't look like he's so massive and it just looks goofy the way that he's able to move. Like that's how like he shouldn't be able to move that way whenever he's that that tall, essentially. So and literally in person, he looks smoother than he does on TV. Like yeah. being there in the gym, I was like, ooh, like it looks awkward on TV. In person, it looks really easy. Now, yeah. again, 
small. He is not as small as the TV makes him look. He still needs to bulk up. But, man, Hayson Wallace, real deal. Aaron Wiggins, glue guy. Kendrick Williams, glue guy. Shea, superstar. J-Dub, possibly a superstar on the – I mean, like, dude, they got – Dort's the glue guy. Oh, the night I was there, I mean, the Clippers game, Dort went nuts. Like, Dort was everything you want Dort to be. Great defense and lit it up offensively by just waiting. Just waiting. Ball finds him wide open, cash. Like, ball finds him wide open, guy crashes on him hard to the hoop, score. I mean, it was amazing. So, so let me ask this, because we're getting closer to the midpoint of the season. We're going to probably start potting less, so I thought I'd go ahead and ask it. Maybe we can have another one post-bowl game, and I'll ask this again to Troy. Do you think they can keep the pace up? Do you want to change? Would you change your prediction about from preseason to now, would you change it about uh, just being about 500 or or how you I feel? mean, I still felt like they were going to be above 500. Um, 50 games still seem like a lot for me, but they're, dude, they're still on like 56, 57 game pace right now. I think that will come down. I mean, you do have some teams like Memphis that didn't have jaw for basically the whole first half. Um, of the season. You've had some other teams they've been able to play when they're down and hurt a little bit, you know, so does all do all those things even out. And let's also be real, man. They're still playing great. But that first 10 or 15 games when Dort was shooting like 51% from three, Chet was shooting like 60% from three, Case and Wallace was shooting like that that is not that is not reality. And so they they stacked up some wins when they were on a heater to start the year. They've continued to play really well, but I, I still think they're going to come down fringe 50, not not 56. I mean, not on the top end of 50 wins. You know what I'm saying? So I think, yeah, yeah. they'll cool down. Yeah, I mean, I still think my prediction of, because I said 50 to right. start. I think they'll be above 50. I don't think they're going to be like 59 or something crazy. No, I mean, no. They'll, they'll, I think they'll be 50, 50, 51, somewhere in there. But um, And then real quick, you know, there's it's we're starting to get closer and closer, like I said, to those uh to the trade, like where trade is starting to get brought up and scenarios. Do you think Presti's gonna pull any magic out of his hat this year? Or I don't I don't know, man. I mean it's crazy because I think we all like what's hard is is to is to disengage your mind from preseason, right? And I did not think Chet would be this good. And even though I've seen him in person, I'm still just like, huh, I've been down on Giddy for a minute, right? And I understand there's a lot personally going on with him, and maybe that's a big factor on it. So I don't know. But, dude, like, I say all that, and they're third in the West. I mean, they're third, and they've beaten the team above them. Yep. And they've beaten the team above that. Like, do you really screw that up? at this point or do you let it ride like i i don't know man like it, it's going to have to be something that presti feels 100% confident fits seamlessly and that they can keep going because right now you're on the rise and you've gotten better as the year's gone along defensively you've gotten better as it like you're going to i, I mean you're 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 gonna get to a point where you're gonna have to make tough decisions, unfortunately, right? Yes. Like, because you you can't have at this point if they use all the draft picks and keep everybody, they're gonna have 
of 55 guys on the roster. They're not going to make an NFL roster. Um, so they're going to do something. I don't know if they'll do it this year, but again, it's Presty, dude. Yeah. If you think, you know, if you tell me that, you know what Presty's going to do, that I'm going to believe you have a time machine. That's right. the only way that makes any the, sense. So. The only thing we know, I, I this is the only thing we know, in my opinion, Troy would add a fourth, but I say there's three. Shay, J-Dub, Chet. That is what you know. For Those three are off the – I don't care how many firsts. I don't care what players coming back on the other side. Those three, that's it. They're going to do everything they can to give all those guys the most money they can possibly give them. And then hopefully the stashing of all these draft picks lets you build the roster around them with some talent with young guys on rookie contracts, right? Like mm. now what happens with Giddy? I don't know because his contract's coming up right alongside Dortz and – J dubs and some others. So I, you know, what happens there? What happens with J will, what happens with Aaron Wiggins? You know, um, I don't know. So we'll see. It'll be very interesting. Yeah. And other pro sports real quick, talking about some superstars, Baker freaking Reagan Mayfield. Four in a row, baby. Four in a row. Four Dude, in he's, a row. he's thrown one interception in the yeah. last four games. And again, I and haven't, I the Tampa Bay games unfortunately are not on in our our area very often, but dude, the highlights dots. I mean, hey, listen, listen. I'm just gonna say, look, Baker. I'm in Orlando, dude. You ever want to come on the pod? You've already got. Come a spot. on, I'll, you come. You can come sit right here next to me, buddy. We say goodbye um, to you every night. When we finish yeah, this thing, so yeah, just come say yeah. hi. Uh, but dude, I like I watched. Um, I've watched the last two or three games because pretty much everyone's. Uh, broadcast here, obviously. Oh, Orlando's right. right next to Tampa, so I get pretty much every game, dude. And what I would say is, I feel like we're seeing more of that Baker we saw in college, in the sense of just like you said, he makes some throws. That throw to Mike Evans, I was like, bro, like again, yeah. you just like your mind, like you, like I had to like rewind it in my head of being like that just actually happened. Um, I think he's getting his swagger back. The fan base seems to love him in Tampa. Yes, they the do. The team seems to love him in Tampa. I mean, I think he's finally maybe getting into, you know, knock on wood, getting into that good culture, getting into that good, into a situation that fits him and what he brings to that table. Um, but yeah, just just a quick, quick, you know, the dude's leading. They have to win. I think they have to win one of their next two games to make the playoff. Correct. They need another win. Um, so that's that's for them to automatically get in. Um, so, and who would have thought that? I mean, everybody, I think thought Baker was going to come in and it would be like a, you know, a lot of people thought maybe a middling year, nobody knew what to expect. So him to be, have them even in playoff discussion is pretty wild. So yeah, hundred percent. I mean, kudos to him, man. Just continuing to be prepared and ready every day. I mean, that's yeah. what he's done. And I'm, I'm really, really happy for the guy, man. Just awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah. It really seems like things are going good for him. So uh, and just to wrap it up real quick, entertainment-wise, did you get to do anything or did you watch any? I mean, you've been busy. Dude. Rebel Moon Rebel Moon came out. You didn't see that yet, I guess? I have not. I want to, but I have not. I, I like, literally haven't. I'm Reacher as well. I mean, I saw the night that it was going to be up, and I was like, I'm going to watch this tonight. And then we got pulled into family stuff. I've had some drama stuff, outside work stuff that's been crazy. So I have not, I mean... The most that I've seen is Elf and Christmas Vacation because those are family tradition nights that we have to have. Like, hey, hey, I I said this. 
Christmas Vacation is, is the best Christmas movie. I will die on the sill. It's pretty dang good. It's yeah. pretty dang good. Um, um, but no. Yeah, Rebel Moon. I'm gonna be honest. I like. I'm gonna give it like a three out of ten. Hey, yikes! It was not, not very good. They've already. They've already. The second one's already is gonna come out like in April. Uh, so I, I don't know. Maybe that'll be better. Uh, and then Reacher's been pretty good. The first season I think was better so far than this one yeah. has been, but this one's still. I'm enjoying it. So, uh, but like we were talking about before, like the pod, just a lot of stuff coming out. So I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more as we pod, just because it's kind of getting into that season. Yeah, it is. Colder months. So, uh. But yeah, so, uh, but that's all I got, man. That, awesome. You got anything else? That's it for me, man. So again, hope you've liked it. Um, if you have, like, subscribe, leave comments, do all the things to help us out. Um, continue to spread the word about this thing. Share it with somebody else. Get them to come along. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Pod- Apple Podcasts, all those things. Um, so we would appreciate it. We're having a great time. We hope you are too. I'm Daryl. That's Jared. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye, Baker. Ball. And you can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the ball.